Welcome in listeners to another exciting episode of Whisper in the Wings. I am over the moon about this, listeners, because we have one of you on our show today. Uh, Joining us today is Dallas Diaz, who is a cast member of the upcoming show Stormy. In fact, they play the leading uh, leading person, Stormy De La Vie, um, which is going to be playing at Wow Cafe Theater in New York on October 15th at 7 p.m. and October 16th at 3.30 p.m. But a quick note, very limited tickets almost basically sold out for the October 15th show. So right now you're basically going to have to show up at the theater to get tickets for that Saturday night show. But more importantly, Dallas, welcome. Oh, my gosh, this is incredible. Andrew, it's so good to be here. I, uh... I can't believe I get to have like actual conversation with you rather than just the one that I usually have when I'm listening on my headphones. Like, yes, Andrew, yes. <laughs> so the conversations you're having with people. I am geeking out because you you are the first listener that we've had reach out uh, to tell us about what they're doing and, and we're having you on the show. I mean, this is one of the big purposes of our show is hearing listener stories and really just sharing them. And I was over the moon when you reached out to me about what you're doing and about this show because it, um, just looking into this person, it, it's incredible. And the, the story that you're telling. So I, I'd like you to, to go ahead. And, why don't you tell us a bit about Stormy, about yeah. the show? Absolutely. So for folks who don't know Stormy de la Vie and don't have never heard her name, um, something that is kind of her hidden legacy is that she is known, y'all can't see my finger quotes, but she is known as the Rosa Parks of the LGBTQ um, community. So of course, lots of folks are learning about Stonewall and they hear about the history of Stonewall and everything. And there's all this debate about who threw the first brick. And sure, yes, there was somebody who threw the first brick. That is a, a, a true debate, but the brick was actually thrown after Stormy through the first punch. So the story about Stormy is, I mean, when it pertains to Stonewall, it was uh, Stormy who was this, there were stories about this um, gender bending drag queen or drag, drag king butch lesbian. At the time they called like non-binary people or trans men drag kings. So there was a story about a black drag king who punched a police officer and then a police officer clubbed them and then started to arrest them. And then while they were getting arrested, screamed out, why are you guys just standing there? Why don't you guys do something? And that is actually what caused the people to start pushing back and start the Stonewall Rebellion, as Stormy likes to call it. But before that, (laughs) Stormy was actually a big jazz singer in Chicago. So Stormy had this distinct baritone voice and was working with people like Duke Ellington and Billie Holiday and those types of people, Billy Strayhorn, uh, Dinah Washington. And um, that was Stormy's like day job, but her side gig was also, she was in Chicago and the some of the Chicago mafia families were actually employing her to watch security over their clubs. Hmm. She's had a lot of stories of very wild life besides just being this person who's kind of erased from the larger picture of what happened within the Stonewall movement in that moment there. Wow. I I would like to say that I am a well-educated person. 
um, in LGBTQ history, um, LGBTQ plus history, uh, particularly the Stonewall um, riots. Um, but I did not know about this person. I had no idea about it. I, I, I will sit in my ignorance and say, I really thought it was, it started with Martha P. Johnson and the first brick throne. Right. I'm saying oh. there was a brick thrown, absolutely. But that brick was thrown after that punch. Yeah, I didn't know about the punch. And so that's why I'm like, wait a minute, wait, what? what? Like that, that changes, <laughs> that shifts it back a little bit more. And I, I will mention to our listeners the importance of learning about this and the timing of this, this show being performed. It is LGBTQ plus um, history month, mm-hmm. uh, which is separate from you know, Pride Month. Pride Month celebrates the, um, you know, Pride marches. And um, I'm trying to think. Uh, um, it started by the Stonewall Riots. Yes. The uh, riot is not the word I'm trying to look for. The, the like, marches and, you know, where it's more about protesting and demanding yeah. equal rights in that. Where October, it's more about the history of the movement and, and the history of the community. Um, that that is brought into focus and awareness. So this is incredible that this story is being told now. And it needs to be told now. I mean, like I said, I had no idea. There's something that I want to note too, you know, the thing about Stormy's story and Sylvia Rivera's story, Marsha P. Johnson's stories, all these uh, stories of trans people of color, gender expansive people of color, and you know the reason why Stonewall. You know your story about Stonewall. We're telling this story about Stonewall. Other people know their stories about Stonewall is because queer narratives, especially queer narratives that focus on people of color, Black folks, Indigenous folks, they are strategically erased so that we do not get that knowledge passed down on how we survive with each other, how we organize with each other. So, um, you know, whether Stormy's history or this story that we're telling, whether it's legacy fact or myth these are stories that we need these are stories and legacies that we need to be able to continue to you know make movements from little sparks of moments organize with each other take care of each other and build community oh so well said thank you for saying that that's so well said so how did you come upon the show Mm -hmm. well let me tell you a little bit of a uh I guess like a minor history about my getting back into acting. I actually quit acting for a decade. Um, I was a, I studied acting as a, as a kid with like after school programs and some other like acting programs in Phoenix, Arizona, where I'm from. And I went to school originally to study theater. And then I went to school around the same time that the Black Lives Matter movement was first launching in 2013, where if you said Black Lives Matter, somebody would immediately call you a terrorist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So at that time, I was like, I am so tired of following scripts. I'm so tired of being in this industry that is dominated by the people who get to decide what stories are told. So I went and switched from acting to activism. And I started working in organizing, community organizing, political organizing, and got to the point where I was actually working in DC. And then all of that just felt like theater. (laughs) It felt like political theater. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get myself back to where this actually feels good. So um, I signed up for a couple of these different uh, like uh, listservs and and job listing sites. The one that I found this one on was specifically um, backstage. And so 
looking at backstage, and then also the person who um, was producing the play and the playwright, Carolyn Brown, she has this festival called My True Colors Festival. So uh, seeing that, you know, the posting there and then seeing this information coming from My True Colors Festival, um, I found out about the show and I was really trusting with the people who were producing it and the story that would come out. Oh, that's amazing. I, I love the journey that you went on. You know, you, you just when you thought you were done with the, the theater, it's like, no, you, you were done with that style. Actually, what you need to be doing is this style. You need to be telling stories this way. So that's, I'm so glad that you shared that because I think a lot of people just think there's one way to do acting. Oh, no, 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 no. Theater is for all. And exactly. there's many ways to be presenting it or to go about it. Many so. ways to dive in, absolutely. So what has it been like developing this show and developing this role of Stormy? It's been, uh, it's been incredible working with the cast and crew that I've been working with. It's just um, seeing the dedication and devotion that they have to telling the story and to giving this person's story justice. Um, even if it's a dramatization, it's the dedication that I've seen from the beginning, from the playwright all the way till a few days from now when we actually produce the show. And then some of the research that I've been doing about Stormy has been wild. There's been a lot of really <laughs> scary similarities, um, but it's also just been beautiful. Um, like I, I told you a little bit about the history, her history in the beginning, um, but it's just the fact that there's this one article um, that sticks with me specifically. It was an article where the, in the New York Times went and they interviewed her in this Brooklyn nursing home where she ended up in the last few years of her life. Um, that's actually half a mile from where I live today. Um, or actually, hold up, oh, let me continue. So in this article, <laughs> the, the people are just going and asking Stormy about her life, asking about Stonewall, asking what it was like um, growing up queer at the time that she grew up and then she gives her interview she's like 90 she's probably 90 years old at this point and then stormy died of dementia or complications of dementia so they are talking to her and suddenly she gets up and she hears the parade the pride parade going on and she's looking around her room for her shoes and she's saying oh i gotta get going they're probably waiting for me but you know, at that point, it's like nobody, nobody's waiting for her. Nobody knows who she was at the point. She's in this nursing home in Brooklyn and that parade wouldn't be happening if it weren't for that punch that she threw. And so I found out the address of that Brooklyn nursing home um, two weeks ago. And I found out that it was half a mile from where I live. <laughs> and so I rode my bike over there and it's an empty lot. And it's funny because it's like an empty lot that I've I've passed by so many times and not even looking at it. Like I'm walking by the empty lot and looking across the street, seeing that there's they're building a Popeyes there soon and getting excited about the Popeyes, you know. <laughs> but um, that type of uh, research and diving into that and just figuring out who this person was and really connecting to the ways that even if we don't know Stormy's name, that story is known, that legacy is held. And that uh, legacy with Stonewall didn't just start there, you know, didn't start that night. That was something that was passed to them as well, so. Wow. 
what is the message or thought that you are hoping the audiences will take away? Mm-hmm. I hope that people want to learn a lot more about Stormy um, and just about, you know, the, it's not just about Stonewall. Like I was saying, there are so many that Stonewall happened in July, June, July, 1969, but that whole decade was full of resistance movements um, that were led for and by people of color, poor folks, trans folks, like people who were just pushed to the most, like the ends of the margins. And so I hope that people can take away from Storm Story and from this, the, this story that we wrote about it, just the, I guess like the, the legacy of what happens when communities are able to get together and fight and decide to, <laughs> decide to fight back against violence, against state violence, against um, things that are oppressing them, systems that are oppressing them. Yes. And um, sure, this story of Stonewall, we always talk about like who was the first person, but whether or not we know what their name was, it was the fact that somebody somebody riled everyone else up because people were tired. People didn't want to take it anymore. And it was just that one person encouraging everybody else and then everybody else jumping on and saying, you know what, they're right. We don't deserve this anymore. Um, that sparked a change. Yeah. And it's not <laughs> something that we, uh, we can uh, just decide that, okay, these people in the past did this work, so we're just going to chill now. You know, this is something that is passed on that we have to figure out what's our responsibility to pass on as well. Yeah. How long have you been working on it? Yeah, so we actually, this is, I'd say, phase two of, I'm not sure how many phases, I hope more phases, but we started this in the end of May. So Carolyn Brown, the writer and producer, she started working on this show this year, like as a script. She had some other and been working on some research, like a photo essay about Stormy for a couple years before. Then she developed that into the script of this play. So in May and June for Pride Month, we did a virtual table reading. So um, it was mostly the same cast, but of course, just virtual table reading on Zoom and Carolyn then took that and sent it to some of the folks in the industry and got some feedback about the script and storytelling in general. And so now, based off of all that feedback, now we're in phase two doing this workshop. And so, um, long answer to your question, been working on it since May. So this is just a workshop of it. There, there could definitely be more like, hey, we could really put this up for a full-on production and exactly exactly so it's oh, exciting yeah yeah hopefully the next goals of, I mean, of course to fundraise and then get some more producers on it we're thinking of taking it through maybe some colleges next as well yes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it's a, an educational play too yeah like i said history that i didn't know mm-hmm. and i think college is perfect for it yeah um winding this first portion up of the interview, I want to know who do you hope have access to the show? 
Yeah, um, obviously queer, indigenous, and black people of color. Um, I hope that there's elders that come to the show. We actually made a specific, um, a specific code for elders to get the show tickets for $5. You know, we want to recognize and honor the folks who led the way and paved the way so that we could even have a show like this. Um, So we hope that our older queer folks are able to access this show. Um, And we just hope that like all people who love and are interested in this type of theater want to engage as well. shift the conversation now um solely on you uh, i want i want to get to know you i want i want the rest of the listeners to get to know you even better and to start that off i want to ask what shows have inspired you in the past or or shows that you love and if you'd like to bring in that composers and playwrights let's let's throw them in as well yeah this play called the immeasurable wants of light by uh damian um Mubashir. So this play, I've been reading a lot of plays this year and diving into recently about a lot of things that are really based on dramaturgy. I've been really interested in just seeing the different ways that people are uh, writing words onto the script to see how, uh, to really put that like language and movement or to put the movement into the language. So um, another one that I saw recently and uh, actually on Broadway was the Tina Turner show. That was incredible. <laughs> Growing up, my mom raised me on, yeah, my mom raised me on that type of music, Motown, funk, jazz, and everybody who was just like really a black woman rock star. Tina Turner is the one who exemplifies it. So I loved the Tina show. Um, and then I saw this one, or I'm going to go see American television soon. I've been hearing great, great, great things about that show. So I'm really excited to dive into that. Excited to dive into things that are like immersive and um, experimental. It's a little, yeah, it is a little quirky, but the story at it is Mm -hmm. so good. It's so, at first I thought, this is a little odd. This might be a little too odd for my taste. And then all of a sudden, like it hooked me and that thought was gone and I was so into the story. And then it was over and I was like, wait, what <laughs> so it's really well done and i i didn't realize i saw it in previews so it's probably going to be different than what i saw mm-hmm. uh, but it the, it the story is really good it's a good story so you're in for a good one on that note have you seen any great theater lately that you might recommend outside of of, of, of tina yeah um i can't right now give a shout out to anything just because i have not had time um the last thing that I saw, I wanted to see some stuff at Soho Rep, but I didn't make, I wasn't able to make the time. I saw, of course, like um, some some things at one of the the like Pratt um, debuts, but I can't give a recommendation at the time. Yeah. Very, very fair, very fair. And Soho Playhouse has always got like three different shows going. That's always great. I, I, I think I'm out there on 
next Saturday. Next Saturday, I'm back out there. So always fun to go out and see see lively work there. Yeah, that's the thing. Once this wraps up, I'm so excited to get back in to to support other folks. Because like I said, I saw Tina probably that was the last show I saw in like May, April before we started to dive into this one. Yeah. That's the double-edged sword with like working in the theater. It's like, I want to go see a bunch of stuff, but I also kind of want to rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is your favorite part about working in the theater? Mm-hmm. I love the ability to, uh, I love the ability to tell stories in that live type of way. Like I love, I love that the audience is a part of it as well. Like you get a different energy from different audiences each night that you perform a show. Um, and so being able to see and, and react and um, even if the audience doesn't necessarily know that, you know, they're, they're part of the show as well. There's that live aspect there that is much more engaging than, you know, just like putting on a film and then writing a review about it later. Don't get me wrong. I love films, but there's just something about that live aspect. And then with theater, it's also like we can adjust certain lines and adjust certain things based off of news that's come out. If the, we need to make in a, a different, um, yeah, if we want to make a point about a different story that's going on, I feel like people don't realize how timeless scripts and, and theater can be. Oh, absolutely. Well, I want to ask you my favorite question I love asking guests, which is what's your favorite theater memory? Mm, okay honestly my favorite theater memory was getting cast for this show um i was telling you before i quit theater for a whole decade um this is my first show um since i quit and i quit because i felt so discouraged by the stories that were being told and the people who were telling the stories the people who were writing the stories and so i this show is um it has, it's, it's a play with music. So we're singing in it as well. And um, I was nervous because they're saying, oh, well, you have to, you have to audition with a song, be ready, be prepared. And I'm not a musical theater uh, actor, <laughs> but so I figured, you know, I'll, I'll prepare something that I know that'll sound good. So I chose Fast Car by Tracy Chapman. And I was thinking, okay, like the, the people who wrote this are probably older black women. Like I, I, they'll get what I'm saying when I sing this song and, and what it means. And so the audition went through and then two hours later I got offered the part. So that was uh, so validating. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm back home, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I was was seeing a a movie that one of my girlfriend's friends had just produced. I forget where we were. It was somewhere in one of the art museums downtown. And we went to go get soup dumplings after. And I'm eating my soup dumplings. And I get the email offering the part. So (laughs) that's incredible. That's how you do it. That's how you were. You separated yourself from the pack and then just. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. What a great memory to have. Yeah. (laughs) So are there any other productions or projects that you have coming on the pipeline that we might be able to plug for you? Not for me right now. Um, I am getting back into, I'm going to start getting into something that's like uh, some indie film stuff here, but I don't know a lot of the details. I just know that I'm playing a Sith Lord. So 
I'll keep All you right. posted on, on that. Yes, keep us posted on that. For Carolyn, I want to plug Carolyn and her work. Yes. Um, My True Colors Festival. Carolyn, this is the first play. This stormy play is the first one in a series of a bunch of social justice, um, historical and educational plays that she's writing about people who should be more household names when it comes to these type of uh, historical movements. So um, keep an eye on My True Colors Festival. Absolutely. And we will for sure be following that and helping to, to, to pass on the word about that. Yeah. If our listeners want to get more information about Stormy uh, or about you, how can they do that? How can they reach you? Yeah. So you can reach me. Um, I guess I'm of a certain age. So the best way I'll give you is my Instagram. Um, my Instagram is at Flyza Manelli. Um, F-L-Y-Z-A and then Manelli. Uh, I assume if y'all are theater people, you know. And then um, following up with the progress of Stormy and the My True Colors Festival, go to mytruecolorsfestival.com and you'll be able to see the, the next, basically the next phases and iterations of this play. We're gonna be uh, touring to probably some other more educational uh, educational facilities and, and, and theaters there and then working on fundraising to make the show bigger in the next uh, workshop or maybe the next like off-Broadway production bigger. Amazing. Well, Dallas, it has truly been an honor to, to speak with you today, to get to know you. This is incredible. I hope to be attending the show and, and, and I'm just, Congratulations. This is incredible. All your hard work. All the best to you. Thank you for joining us today. It's, are you kidding me? I'm so excited to be on a show that I listen to and have a conversation with you, Andrew. Like I said, I, I really am uh, just such a fan of the work that you're doing with this show and the ways that you are bringing people into this conversation and encouraging people to go and actually participate in this art. So thank you. Thank you. My guest today has been Dallas Diaz, who is playing Stormy De La Vie uh, in the production of Stormy, which is playing at the Wow Cafe Theater here in New York on October 15th at 7 p.m., which is basically sold out. So you'll have to get your tickets at the door. But also they have a show on October 16th at 3.30 p.m. So hurry and get your tickets for that. You can get tickets and more information by visiting mytruecolorsfestival.com, where you'll also see more shows, uh, part of that festival, or by going to onstage.tickets and then just search True Colors Project. It's the first thing to pop up. And then make sure to follow Dallas on Instagram at Flaza Minnelli. Uh, keep in the loop about all that they're doing. Um, you know, they're, they're, there's a lot of fun things coming from them. So, you know, make sure to check out the show, though. This is incredible. I know that I'm going to. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep your masks on, and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you.
If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Kevin McLeod and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you'll find all the information about our backstage pass. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do the show without you. <laughs> <laughs>